no quiero un país a la sombra de la vida Yo no quiero a mi nación en plena luz dormida No quiero ver a mi tierra rematando su honor En un mercado de espirros, traficantes de dolor Yo quiero a mi patria clara, presta el sol de la mañana Que madruga cada día para iniciar la esperanza Hello and welcome. This is Pagan Spirituality Today, episode 1, 2016. So, the first thing I want to say today is that with me again for the first time in a couple of years is Oni. Hi, everyone. We also have another friend with us in the studio today. Her name is Erin. She is a friend and coven mate. Hello. Before we get on to that, I just wanted to say, as I've said many times before... I intend to have a monthly schedule in 2016. I cannot guarantee that that will happen, but it is definitely my intention. By bringing Oni and some other friends in with me, I think that will move the show forward and make it much more likely that shows will actually be completed and aired. So, on that note, I think we'll turn to the new person in the room and get to know Aaron a little bit more. Tell us about your story, your pagan journey, all of that stuff. I would say I've been a pagan consistently for about 10 years. Uh, I've probably been exploring alternative spirituality since I was like 13. How old um, are you now? <laughs> 28. Okay. <laughs> I came here from Virginia Beach and now I'm here in Richmond. I came here because I went to VCU. I am a graduate of the arts department uh, and I liked it so much I didn't move away. So I've been hanging out in the RVA area ever since. RVA is the uh, locals abbreviation for Richmond, Virginia. We actually didn't know that when we moved here. We kept seeing RVA stickers on cars and we're like, what does that mean? Why does everyone have this? It's our special code. It's a lot of pride in the city of Richmond. A lot of people like it here. Yeah. So when you say you've been a pagan about 10 years, so you would have started when you were about 18, 17? Yeah, I would say um, probably after I got out of high school is when I started to pursue it more seriously outside of just kind of reading some books mm -hmm. and kind of dabbling. And for a while, I wasn't sure if paganism per se was where I wanted to go, like with a pantheon and working magic. Like I, uh, I did some research into more animistic, I guess, traditions like Shinto and, mm -hmm. and uh, Buddhism, which is, you know, its own thing. But and I still take a lot of lessons from Buddhism into my everyday life just because I think they're in general useful things to keep in mind but um, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily an adherent. So. And you're drawn to Japanese culture and anime and things of that nature in general so <laughs> yeah. Shinto for you having looked into that it, it's it's much less common for a person studying pagan paths in general to come upon something as specific as that but right. your interest in all things Japanese would make that available to you. Yeah, and um, I think it's still a, a really interesting religion, and it definitely informs that culture to this day in a very strong way. So I think even just learning about it educationally is a real fun thing to do. But considering that a large tenet of their faith is that it's specifically about Japan, it yeah. makes it hard to practice as a foreigner. And I just, you know... Problematic. There are some shrines in the United States. I think there's one in California, and then there's... I want to say there's one over on the East Coast, but it's not exactly a uh, a burgeoning new religion right. in the United States. It's not that large in Japan overall. Being the culturally centered religion of that place, it's really not that big a thing. Yeah, I would say if anything, it's I would say it's I don't want to call it background noise because I think that diminishes it some. I think a lot of people still have beliefs and superstitions from it, but. Mm. I don't know. It's not maybe as as big as it once was. Right. Um, and But there's still a lot of holidays and festivals and everything that come from that and from local area traditions and, and what have right. you. So as I said at the beginning, Aaron is in our coven as well, Hallowstead Coven, which uh, Oni and I started with Aaron. She's the other founding member. What was it? September of 2015? Late. Late summer, yeah. 2014. Sorry, 2014. September of 2014 that we oh officially... Oh, it's already been that long. It's been a year and a couple because of months it already. Was year, it was a year on Samhain because Samhain was our first ceremony of uh, 2014. Yeah. Right, right. 
So it's been a little over a year, year and a third at this point. So Oni, what have you been doing since the folks have heard from you? It's been almost two years, almost three years? Almost three years. I took a fairly large initiation in another tradition called Ocha. I did what's called a crowning ceremony where I spent a year in white with a lot of restrictions and learning and that kind of thing. And that was definitely eye-opening and it changed me in a lot of ways that I did not expect. And some of those things held over past that year. Been busy with farm stuff, lots of baby goats and chickens and and that kind of thing and just working. And What are you doing for work now? I work as a contractor for the U.S. Postal Service and it's a part-time job and I like it a lot and Aaron was looking for work and we happened to have some spots open so I was able to get her a position over there too to help her out. So as you can see, Aaron and Oni and I are connected in a number of different ways. What we were going to talk about today, as far as the topic goes, was solitary or coven lifestyle in your pagan experience. Now, we are not doing a show that is meant to say one is inherently better than the other, or it is solitary versus coven. We're just talking about our own experiences, our own personal thoughts on the matter. Everyone here today has been a solitary at some point. Everyone here has belonged to a coven. So I think we have a wide range of experience to talk about. Erin being significantly younger than us, her experiences are different than ours. Oni and I had a very parallel track for 20 years now, or is it 21? It'll be 21 in September. Yeah. 21 years. My word. So our track is so symbiotic at this time, at this point. Uh, it's nice to have someone else's thoughts or experiences to bounce off of. I'll start real quick. Everybody knows who listens to the show that I had a teacher, a pagan teacher, for about 18 months when I first started. Maybe it was a little bit less. Then I went into a solitary period for about six or six and a half years. Occasionally, I would attend an open coven or circle or something. I went to a spiritualist church for a while, but I never really joined anything or specifically belonged to anything. Then I met Oni, and although we were not always in a coven, it was always the two of us, so I don't really consider that solitary at that point anymore yeah i'm not really sure what that would be called because it's not exactly a coven and it's not solitary. no it's, it's called marriage i guess <laughs> i'm not sure let's see when i started i was younger i was in high school and i was mostly reading books and things and then when i joined the air force i met a, a few pagans i think they were calling themselves wiccans and they talked to me about more stuff and then I joined a coven in the Hampton Roads area, and I was with them for a while. And and then um, I met my first husband, and we split off from that coven and formed our own coven. And there, there would be little bouts of me doing stuff on my own, even though I was, like, part of a coven. Right, having your own interest or focus. Yeah. But not being a person practicing alone, per se. So I, I guess I would have to say that I don't have as much time as a solitary as I do of being more of a group practitioner. Right. And by the way, I know this is a battle that we have lost, but Oni and Aaron and I are all word people. We enjoy words and that they have definitions and that they mean things. Just in case, we have seen this in many, many pagan sources, solitaire it's not the singular for solitary. It is a card game. We have seen many pagans say, I am a pagan solitaire. I don't think that's what you mean to say. You are a solitary or a solitary practitioner. But I digress. Aaron, um, how did your path move through periods of solitary activity, coven activity, etc.? 
Um, I would say it's probably been about 50-50 as far as solitary versus working with other people. From the time, I guess, I started exploring to when I moved here to Richmond, I was by myself. You know, I'd have friends who were also interested in it, but we didn't form any kind of group or anything. We were all just kind of interested in the same stuff. Uh, then when I moved up here in 2007, quite shortly after I arrived, I went on good old Witchbox and went to see what was in the area. Uh, and I ran into an open group that's in the area and worked with them for quite some time, you know, which was nice because it was not, you know, you have to do A, B, and C. It was just, if you want some company for a holiday, this is a good place to come and meet other pagans and have a nice time. And then we, you know, got together and well, when we met you at that open circle, yeah. at that open mm-hmm. coven, because when we moved here, we did the same thing. We went to Witchbox, we asked around who's doing what. That's one of the only open circles in town where we met you. you mean, I mean, it's a, it was, it's a really great place to kind of touch base and see who's in the area. And I would definitely say they're very welcoming, and it is a good place to meet people and other pagans, because the pagan esque shops that are here because i'm not going to call them pagan shops it's mostly a new age store one you might call a cult store yeah where it's like half a cult store half magic as in like sleight of hand magic shop. prestidigitation i'm not even going to try to say that so, <laughs> well they're not particularly welcoming to like having like a bulletin board up where people would say like hey this is what groups and stuff are in the area right that's what i find crazy Back in the day, which I mean the late 80s all through the 90s, every store that considered itself pagan or metaphysical had a cork board or some kind of place you could put up a little index card. Everybody used to have index cards, you know, German occultist looking for friends, call (laughs) Bill and a phone number or there'd be an email or something or covens would print flyers and they would put them up and coven of the fluffy bunny of Demeter is meeting every Friday, contact sister moon goddess lady person, or whatever. This was a thing, and it was everywhere. Every town I ever went to, if they had that kind of store, had this sort of networking location. Maybe other towns still have that, but the city of Richmond does not have that at all. The only ads you see are services, tarot reader Mm -hmm. ads, energy healing ads, something like that. Everything's on the internet or word of mouth. Yeah, I mean, Witchbox is basically how I find anything. Yeah, there's Witchbox and evil Facebook. But meetup.com. And Meetup is halfway decent. At least what we've seen in the meetups here is that it's mostly like very secular things. like Largely. I'm new to Richmond. As I have a pug. Like, I want to meet up about pugs. Or <laughs> there's one where it's like trying new restaurants or something. Mm-hmm. Or... The downtown crowd, I think it's called. Yeah, 20-somethings looking for dates. There's lots of things like that. But it's it's very secular. We have a lot of alleged pagan meetups here. At least there are many, many people signed up to them, but they don't seem to really be doing anything. Not that we've ever experienced. There's a lot of talk about what television shows you like and such. That's very true. Back to the question at hand. Starting with Aaron, how would you characterize your feelings about your solitary experience and your coven experience how they differed how they were similar do you have a preference for one of the other or do they you know just fulfill different needs in your life i think solitary allowed me to be a lot looser and more flexible in those terms of what i want to try or read or you're not answering to anybody so you can kind of change things whenever you want but it also lacks any kind of real structure because it's just yourself so unless you're a very structured person uh it's real easy to kind of let things fall to the wayside and have stagnate yeah or you know just make sure that you know you're you know if you're gonna do holidays when you're gonna do them and setting the time aside to do something for that i think it's um a lot easier to kind of just end up cutting corners when it's by yourself i mean this is me personally like I'm notoriously easy to sidetrack and I will admit a little lazy. So <laughs> I, I no, don't it's think us. you're not the only one on that. Yeah, it's us too. Because as a marriage, as a couple, 
it's easy to say, I was going to do Beltane and I had all these thoughts, but then the dog was being unhappy that day, or I worked a little late, and then you don't end up doing anything. It's one of the reasons we thought returning to a coven lifestyle was important for us, because we let things go so much when mm-hmm. it's just up to us. Uh, even just having the open group where I'm not necessarily required to be somewhere, but being reminded that there are things going on and having a place that I could go to do those things, I think helped me a lot because, you know, it's kind of like if you work from home, some people have to go to a cafe or to an office or something, or otherwise they can't get out of that I'm at home mentality. Mm -hmm. So I think being able to go to a different location and be with other people to celebrate a holiday helped kind of uh, put more discipline and uh bring it closer to the forefront of my mind more often than if i was just left to myself because it's very easy to get sidetracked and go i'm too busy there's too much going on in my life i just want to relax i don't want to so it's easy to kind of just go no i'm not going to do it but you know if you have something to look forward to to go meet other people and, and celebrate a holiday together i think it for me it helped make it a little bit easier to go out and set the time aside like make the time to go do right something. make it something that became more of a priority in your life yeah and you know we're lucky that we had the people that we did in this area to do that with but yeah i think by myself i was okay but i think i personally function better with other people to do this kind of thing with not all the time like i do stuff on my own but to keep me on a certain track and to keep me focused i think it's good to have accountability i agree oni i think it's not just accountability but like one of the parts I like about it is that sense of community and sharing and right. and that exchange of energies and ideas, that community and bonding feeling. Yeah, one of the things you and I have talked about historically, time and time again, is we know what we think. We know what our own energies are. We know what their limitations are and in what way those things are going to interact with each other. Bringing in other people, even if it's the same three people or five people month after month, the sum of the parts, the whole becomes greater. You change the dynamic. It's not just Oni and Aaron and I. There's this fourth party in the equation, which is us together, Hallowstead Coven, or whoever might be in that group. I feel like it is community, yes. Community is a big thing for me, for both of us, Oni and I, I think. It's structure. I know there's going to be people showing up at my house at 5 p.m. on January 31st. So I'm either going to be ready or I'm not. And it is also having an experience with other people is validating in a way. And I don't mean I don't believe in my experiences when I'm alone. That isn't it. It's validating in the sense that what is going on with you, it's inside your head, it's inside your body but others are experiencing similar things at the same time, it changes how you feel about the experience. There are very few things I prefer to do alone, and religion is definitely not one of those things, largely speaking. There are initiatory things that we do alone. There are certain kinds of personal workings that we do alone, maybe relationships with spirit that you have, or your relationship to the divine is obviously going to be super personal. But you can still have a version of that communally as well. Well, it's also that when we're ritualing as a group, that it's where we're all sharing, lift each other up or help each other out, not just support each other, but there's... Well, you're um, growing together. You're experiencing together. Paul said it really well. That the energies of multiple people come together to make... The experience easier for all participants yes. that you're mixing things together everyone's energy comes together in such a way as to heighten the experience for everyone collectively and individually yes. thank you for remembering that took me a minute to remember that was a couple months ago in an episode probably aired in 2010 or 2011 i remember oni and i were talking about the idea of coven's And we have met many, many solitary pagans throughout our life. It seems to be the predominant number of pagans are solitary. Mm -hmm. It seems like there are far more solitary pagans than coven pagans. And at that time, we strongly encouraged you, look, try a coven at least once. Try a learning circle. Try 
an open grove, if you're a druid, or whatever your path is, make some effort to do it with other people for a period of time, simply because I believe, I think Oni believes, that it is difficult to understand your religion when you are the only one practicing it in the same way that you will understand aspects of it when you have to interact with others. Sometimes people, people's religion does not leave their head enough to be a, a thing, an active force in real life. When other people are in the room, there's no choice. But for it to be present in this space, it can't just be in your head. Well, I think, too, you'll get different perspectives on what you believe in and seeing what other people believe. Maybe something that they believe makes something that you've been having trouble with suddenly kind of come together. Like you get a different you know, point of view and something that you might have been having a hard time with. They're like, oh, it's like this. I'm like, oh, okay, you know. Right. So getting you know, fresh eyes on it, so to speak, might end up being incredibly helpful or maybe you just haven't even heard of a certain type of mindset or belief or concept until you talk to another person who's been doing this for you know however many years and they have their own way of doing things so it's almost right. kind of like trading i don't know recipes or something <laughs> for a dish that you all make you think yours is pretty good and then someone goes well i do this and you're like oh that's so interesting and then you can try that out right on, on your own time and so i think just kind of being exposed to other people's worldviews and points of view, like everyone's individual way of looking at things is a healthy and, and good thing to do. Right, and, but naturally someone could say, well, I could go to Pagan Night Out two or three times a year, try to get into a deep conversation and accomplish the same thing. I don't agree that that's true. I don't think you can go to a primarily social event and really find the sounding board for your ideas and find other folks that you can have a deep enough conversation with to get that clarification. I think you need to be around people enough that the level of comfort between you and the level of intimacy between you is such that you can have those deeper conversations. Oh, to say, or just that you're doing some kind of work together. Like right. Some kind of energy work or what have you, because maybe somebody does something in a certain way that you didn't know of before but yeah like you said like the bar for entry might be a little higher to get to a point where people would be comfortable doing that with you or you with them or i mean with pagan night out it's a great way of meeting other pagans that's not really the best i don't feel it's the best place to get into deeper things yeah maybe a great way to meet someone initially but for further interaction or that kind of thing it it's too superficial I agree. And by the way, for those who don't have this in their city, Pagan Night Out was, and I believe still is, a national attempt to get people to meet each other socially. It's not a coven or anything. It's just something you can sign up to be a coordinator for in your city. It always occurs at a restaurant or some kind of public venue. Usually happens once a month. People just get together and share pizza and talk. And it goes under the name Pagan Night Out or PNO. If you check Witchbox for your local listings, they will often be listed there. But I think you can also type in Pagan Night Out in Google and uh, check to see if your city, in fact, has one of those. Technically, Richmond has one. But from my understanding, it has not met in about five years. Oh. But if you look on the internet, there is still a thing called Richmond Pagan Night Out. I just don't think it's active right now. Someone's got to take up the new mantle and I guess. get it back together, I guess. But uh, Frida and I were discussing this some time back, that she originally met some people by going to PNO oh, okay. before she started her thing, her church. You know, I guess if you're just looking for initial touchstones to meet people, you could always try to find a pagan pride event mm -hmm. near you, and, and that's one way to, you know, find out who's in the area. True, but they're usually only once a year. Yeah. It's kind of a long fuse it is, but I guess if you really are having a hard time finding anybody, that's one thing that is supposed to be, I guess, uh, on the larger scheme of things. Sure. What I found when I was a solitary, I did, to an extent, like the radical freedom of do whatever you want to do. Investigate whatever you want to investigate. However, I am a lazy person, and I am a relatively unmotivated person. So I get to a plateau relatively quickly where I'm super excited about something, I will go down that track for a while. When I hit obstacles, 
of any significant size, I am likely to turn aside and either do something else or give up on that particular thing. I find it necessary to at least be talking to people. I'm not good at being self-motivated, particularly. I'm not good at being self-directed in some ways. Solitary is good, I think, for a, a time in someone's life, a period in someone's life. Or if you're a really type A personality or very disciplined and well-directed, maybe it's great for your entire life. Most other religions are communal. Almost every religion on the face of the earth is expressed primarily communally. Christians go to church, Jews go to synagogue, Muslims go to mosques. You just go down the line. Everybody is worshiping with someone. I think that sometimes people don't want to worship with other people because they're concerned or maybe they have social anxieties or their concerns may have to do with, well, what if these people don't mesh with me? And if they don't mesh, then that doesn't mean that all groups are bad. It just means that that one doesn't fit for you and that maybe you should look at other things. When I first went to go meet the open group here, unfortunately on the internet you realize horror stories about these terrible groups that abuse people and yada yada. And so I was like, oh God, what if I go to this and they're all just a bunch of creepos? And uh, <laughs> so I actually brought two friends with me. Yeah. Uh, even though this was being meeting at a public place, at a public park, which was my kind of first safeguard was this is in a public space. I'm not going to be trapped. But I brought two friends with me uh, who were also pagan and, and we all went together. So I didn't feel as nervous because I was with people I knew because mm -hmm. I have a big thing about I don't like being the only person at an event that I know. Like, I don't like meeting a whole bunch of new people en masse. And I never, this is my first time meeting a large other group of pagans. Mm -hmm. So I was very nervous about that. And I'm a pretty shy, self-conscious person. Um, so when I first went, I went with friends. And that helped a lot. So I think... Even if you have friends who are agnostic or atheist, even, or like, as long as they're willing to humor you, as they go with you. As long as they're pagan-friendly. Yeah. Or, or open to like, going with you. Yeah, use the buddy system. Go with somebody yeah. for your first time. Heck, bribe them with pizza. I mean, whatever you got to do, if, if you yeah. can get your friends to come along. I do think it's important to, to talk about basic things like safety and security. Because meeting a coven is just like meeting any other group of people. You don't know who they are. Just because they're pagans does not mean you should assume they're nice, they're decent, they're not thieves or murderers or who knows what. You don't know. You don't know them. I mean, that's an issue. But, but it I, should be that way for anyone. Right. Anything. Anything. But I, I think one of the largest issues, in my opinion, today, in the last decade or so, when you develop your belief system as a solitary, primarily through reading or looking at the internet. Your beliefs are never challenged by anyone and they're never firmed up in your head. So many people think, if I go to this place and I say I'm a Wiccan, but I'm Jewish, just for instance, people say, well, that's not possible. You can't be X and you can't be Y. If you feel that you are X and Y, you should have some rationale in your mind for why that's true. And be able to discuss it. I don't mean defended. I don't mean adversarial or argument. You should be able to go to other people and say, I believe these things. These are some of the experiences that led me to believe these things. If you don't agree, that's totally fine. You have your own thing. But people are super, super scared to ever tell anyone, this is what I believe because what if they don't agree? What if they don't like it too? But, I mean, you get that even when when there are people, like, attending in a group, they're going to things and they're going to rituals and that sort of thing, but they're not really sure that they believe what they're even going to or participating in. So well, I agree. also that. But that's my point, is that people build up this fear in their mind or they've maybe belonged to some form of internet chat group about Wicca and... Everybody is saying the West is water. And you're saying, no, in my quarter, I've always done the West as Earth. I don't want to hang out with those people because they make fun of me saying that the West is supposed to be Earth. Look, you have to deal with people if you want to have an experience bigger than yourself. If you want to be stuck in your own head forever, 
whether that's good or bad. I'm not making a value judgment. That's fine, but don't be afraid to talk to people. Some people are just jerks. Some people just see it differently. It doesn't have to be the end of the world when we don't agree about every little thing. I say this all the time because I'm, I'm an old man, but Oni and I remember 20 years ago, if you were a Germanic occultist specializing in Wagnerian opera magic, and you met a Celtic reconstructionist Irish woman who only worshipped Breed, you would not let that get in the way of hanging out together. The fact that you have nothing in common was irrelevant. Everyone today only wants to hang out with people who are identical to themselves, religiously and belief-wise. This is what I've been seeing. It doesn't make any sense. It's not how the world works. Well, I think some of that is, uh, especially when you start off solitary, I think, um, you're, it's so personal to you, what you believe. And so it's hard to separate your personal feelings and what someone might say about your beliefs from your value as a person. Right. You're attacking um, me. Right. Instead of challenging an idea or a notion. Right, right. You know, I, I had this problem. Well, I didn't have this problem. I saw this problem a lot in art school where people would make artwork and when it came time for critique, they would be personally offended because we'd say the values on this are poor or I don't think you communicated the idea. And right. people need to learn the difference between critiquing a thing and being personally attacked. And it is hard. You know, I know I can feel sometimes a little self-conscious when I talk about what I believe, especially with people who don't believe what I do, because sometimes I'm like, oh, God, do I sound like I'm crazy? Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And, you know... <laughs> And you just have to, I guess it is, it takes a, a bit of guts to, to say these things and be unapologetic about it and be like, this is what I do. Right. And, and not get hurt when someone goes, well, that's not right. Or that doesn't make sense. Or I've never heard that. Right. You know, it's, it can be tough, especially if you're, I think, a little bit more sensitive and I, learning how to build up that tough skin. I agree. But I also think growing in a spiritual life, and I think that we're, having a spiritual life more than we are being a Christian or a Jew or a pagan. And growing in a spiritual life means growing as a human being. Yeah. It means accepting difference, means accepting I like this person a lot, but they don't see things exactly like I do, yet I'm comfortable with being friends with them. I'm comfortable with this exchange that we're having, so long as it's a respectful exchange, mm -hmm. not a personal attack. I'm never suggesting people should put up with a lot of crap to defend their beliefs. There's no reason to stand in a room and yell at someone because they don't agree with what you're saying. I just think you, people shouldn't be afraid of it. You know, I mean, I, I have a pretty diverse group of friends with a diverse group of religious beliefs. Like, I have one friend who's a pretty, I don't want to say hardcore Christian, but he's one of those born again, very into it. Mm -hmm. um, and he knows I'm a pagan. He's fully aware uh, but I mean, he has the good sense not to make an issue out of it. And I don't make an issue out of what he believes. And we've actually had very respectful conversations about the state of Christianity today. And he doesn't disavow my opinion because I am not a believer. Right. And we can talk spirituality and religion as I guess more of a philosophical standpoint and not about our personal beliefs in a way that we both learn from each other. Uh, but we're not trying to necessarily change each other's minds, but we're just kind of, I guess, bringing things up and going, well, what do you think about this? But what if we do this? Or what about this? And I guess not necessarily talking in the abstract, but being able to have a healthy discussion and having to kind of dig down into your beliefs and really think about them and, and kind of pull them apart and examine them. Well, I was thinking about what you said about having like a thicker skin about things. And at least to me, I don't know that that is necessarily how I would put it. I would say more of having a firm foundation in what you believe. You're like certain of what you believe. Mm -hmm. Or even if you're not entirely certain, you are willing to, to go with it for now. Yeah. And I'm not saying like certain to the point of where you'd say be drowning in a river and you're like, I'm not giving this up even though I'm drowning. Right. Or I'm sorry, drowning. But the thing is, to get to that level of certainty, to that level of self-assurance, yeah. I think to some extent, and I think I've said this before, you have to take your beliefs out 
around town and let people kick them around a little bit. You have to let people see them. You have to let people challenge them. You have to let people say, but wait, why do you believe that? Well, X and Y. Oh, I agree. I, oh, I don't agree. It just seems like your beliefs never become firm in a vacuum. They just don't, from my experience. The people I have met, largely, whose beliefs have become internalized and real, are people who've worn them around a while and let some dirt get on them and let the sun and the rain hit them and see how that changed or if it changed them at all. They weren't kept pristine and wrapped up and hidden away. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about my interaction with people in the world is like, I don't hide who I am, but I also don't stuff it in people's faces. I'm, I'm just me. But that was a very long process. Yeah. It took a long time to live in the world as just me. I still have issues with that now, and I've been actively, consciously a pagan since 1989. Yet there are times where I censor myself at this point. Because as most of you listeners know, within the pagan world, Oni and I are a little further out than, say, your average pagan. I mean, not everybody thinks reincarnation is potentially literally real. Not everyone believes that the divine can possess a human being and do a little tap dance or spirits can talk to you through either a human medium or or right into your ear we believe all these things we've experienced all these things so to some extent even within our own social group our own religious group there are people that we have met on a number of occasions who say no man that's just too far out there for me i mean i'm a pagan and i'm an occultist but you sound crazy you meet that no matter what side of that spectrum that you're on some people will say you're a pagan in name only because you read tarot cards and you only cast love spells people say well that's not really a pagan you're not pagan enough but then if you believe too much in it people say you're a wacko and crazy and i don't know what you're thinking i mean you're gonna get that no matter where you are on the spectrum yeah well i guess that just you know kind of reaffirms the whole don't be afraid if someone doesn't agree because especially in paganism, I think more than anything else, you're going to have so many different levels of what that means to different people and what you do in that. Or, Oh, I don't, we don't work with ghosts. We don't do that. You know? Right. Or I don't even believe they exist. Right. I don't even want to discuss it. Whereas other groups are deeply involved with that kind of work. and, And that may be a cornerstone of what they do. But I think that's also where we just got to learn let bygones be bygones and still be polite to each other and find common ground. Right. Agree to disagree on things that don't offend your moral code or your sense of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. You don't believe in ghosts. I say I'm walking around shaking hands with ghosts every other day. That doesn't have to be the end of a friendship. It just means this is something we're never going to agree on. And you can still definitely work together in a ritual sense, even if you guys do totally, I don't want to say disparate, but maybe you guys have different ideas about how something works or what you personally do on your own time. It doesn't mean you can't get together for a common goal. Right. Or or to celebrate a holiday you both have in common. Uh, if anything, I think it's good to do those things because we can kind of reinforce that in spite of our differences, we're all here kind of for the same reasons, more or less. We're all in it together. I would like to think so, but there's a lot of people that don't seem to think so. Well, I don't know if there's a lot more to say on this particular topic. Do you guys have anything else in the solitary vis-a-vis coven thing you wanted to talk about? Is there any personal stories? Things that were particularly funny or interesting that you wanted to share? Other than occasionally, because my brain doesn't work especially well. This is going back to what you said earlier about solitaire versus solitary. Uh-huh. Occasionally, I would slip and say solitaire because I, my brain was not fully functioning. There's also funny things like uh, when you're only learning words from a book, you uh, you'll them. you'll pronounce them your way. Right. And then when you go to a group event, you're like, it's athame. And they're like, no, it's a thane. 
and you know it just kind of creates these funny differences just yeah right like back when we were hanging out with pagans people said athame as if there was some kind of mark over the e who knows how you're supposed to say it as far as i know since it's not in miriam webster (laughs) right nobody knows how you're supposed to say it might be in there might be now i haven't looked Urban Dictionary might have it. Or, you know, like, I don't know, maybe some people pronounce the runes completely different from how you would. And Right, totally. And it's, it's I think it's kind of interesting to go out and see how other people say those things. Like, just as an aside when you're talking to people, you know. Because I think there's been times where I've pronounced something, like, wholesale wrong. And then people, everyone else is saying it the other way. I'm like, oh, that's, oh, that makes a lot more sense, you know. Years ago, I don't know if you remember this person or not, and... I only have the vaguest recollection of who they are, but I had said Crowley instead of Crowley or yes. whatever. And, oh and my the God. person said Crowley as in holy. It says right in his writings, you say my name, <laughs> Crowley as in holy. And I remember standing there saying, okay, whatever. And the person said, no, it's not whatever. There's right and there's wrong. <laughs> they went on like a five-minute rant okay, about the this. I think we actually walked it. away from them. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. We said that's it's it's very interesting to meet you, but nobody has time for this. If you get your Jimmy's rustled that badly by a tomato tomato situation. <laughs> but this person, you know, thought of Alistair Crowley as their muse, right. as their mentor. It's yeah. like, man, I didn't come to your house and pee in your Cheerios. It wasn't the plan. <laughs> We're just talking. The times that people have mispronounced my actual name have been so many where it's not even anywhere close and I don't get all in a fluff about it. Right. Well, I think it's worth it to try and find other people, even if it's just to say hello. Yeah. Um, If you can. You know, I know some places everybody's spread out and it's like 10 people per every, like, 100 miles versus we have the fortune of living next to a relatively large city. Well, large in Virginia sense, anyway. Right, a real city. Yeah. And there's an enormous college here. Yeah, which also causes some problems because we get a lot of influx of people coming in and out because Mm -hmm. uh, because they're only here for education. So there's a lot of only briefly meeting people, so it's kind of hard to make, I guess, long-term friendships. Relationships. It's almost like having a military base. Yeah. Oh, being a military kid, I know that feeling all too well. But uh, I think if you can, it's definitely worth it. Even if all you get out of it is, whoa, I don't think like they do. I think that's still educational right. and worth doing. So I think if you can uh, reach out to somebody like Witchbox is such a great reference point to try and find anyone in the it, area. You it know. can and it can't because... I Sometimes mean, they're defunct, but... Yeah, there's <laughs> like, I know that Witchbox goes through and clears some things, but sometimes there's still stuff on there that... It's really the responsibility of the group to clear out their own listings. Yeah, Nobody ever be. does... But even if it's you just find a little, a teeny weeny shop that's 50 miles away from where you live, it might be worth it to go there even just to say hello and see if they have anything going on. Like Yeah. Or, I mean, knowing other people also helps from for getting, like, ritual supplies, like candles. Sure. Herbs. That sort of thing, too. I mean, there's the internet. You can buy anything you want, but oh, that yeah. doesn't mean... Buying it locally wouldn't be better for you, wouldn't be cheaper. Perhaps you could get something that's more in line with what you want, or maybe somebody happens to collect fresh herbs right in your neighborhood, and you don't have to go to Amazon to get dried stuff or whatever you need. Or if you have a question about what you're buying or you're not sure what you need, being able to go to a local venue to be able to get your stuff would be useful. I don't know. I think that it's I've had my uh, my spiritual life dramatically improved by not holing up in my apartment and. <laughs> And only reading books uh, and doing my own thing. I still do my own thing, and I really like having my own thing. But I think it's been helpful to me to be in a more communal setting. That's absolutely true for for me. Being part of something, even though I can't pretend that I don't go my own way, even within a structure, even within a group, even within an initiatory system, I do. I'm always me. But... Having some sense of boundaries, some sense of confines, limitations, and possibilities can be helpful. You don't have to make every single decision yourself. You don't have to find every single pebble in the path yourself. Some of it gets laid out. Some of it 
can be illuminated by a coven mate or a friend or a mentor or a teacher. I think it's also good just to help with things like confirmation bias and stuff like that, where being able to bounce off like, hey, I pulled this card in a reading and I took it this way. Uh, and someone's like, no, 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 it doesn't mean that at all. Or even just, I had this experience. Have you ever had an experience like this or anything like that? And, you know, having people maybe to, I don't want to say keep you in check, but... Springboard, uh, maybe it was more like a springboard of ideas. Yeah, but... and, and kind of getting a feel for, I had this experience, what do you make of it? Or have you ever had an experience like this? Or, you know, I guess having people to kind of, not that you can't also do that on the internet, but... Right, but you don't know what you're getting on the internet. You really have <laughs> no idea. Sometimes being able to meet the person that's giving you advice is preferable because then you can go, well, okay. Right. <laughs> and you brought up something, confirmation bias. Now, this is, in my opinion, most relevant to things like magical workings, divination, mm -hmm. things like that. Someday, I will do a divination show. I don't know how many people will be on that show, but confirmation bias or... Choosing to see the answer you're looking for, right. only paying attention to the pattern you expect, not the patterns that are present, is such an enormous part of, in my opinion, learning to work magic, learning to work spirit, learning to work divination, that it is a crime. It is an absolute shame. That kind of conversation is never put forward in 101 reading materials, in websites that are about learning to be... A magical or spiritual person no one ever warns you that you are likely to see what you want to see until you learn not to mm -hmm. it, I think it's something where people don't really want to talk about discernment that's the word discernment Yay! <laughs> I got the word I was looking for first try okay so I think we've talked our main topic pretty well through today we're at about 45, 50 minutes at this point, longer than I thought we would go. Just to uh, close up our episode today, I wanted to say that the open circle we were talking about earlier here in Richmond is called the Richmond Urban Pagan Church, and that's headed by our friend Frida. Most events are held at her home, but she does have a listing on Witchbox, I believe. I think she has one on Facebook as well. Oni wanted to say a few things, a couple of shout-outs, since she hasn't been on the show in quite a while. I wanted to say hello to Linda in England, and I wanted to say hello to Nicole out in Washington State. Nicole was a member of the meetup group that we used to run out there. She's a friend of ours. And was it Twin Harbor? Twin Harbor Pagan Meetup. Meet I think it was 2008 to 2012, if I remember the dates mm -hmm. right, but... The food alone was worth the trip. <laughs> that was our tagline, and it was always true. It was one of the few times I belonged to an organization where a potluck, you never left hungry, and everybody brought good stuff. Unlike the standard potluck with a half-eaten bag of potato chips. And my final shout-outs go to Erin the Blue and her husband, Danny the Kind. Danny the Kind? Are we settled with that one? Is that it? Well, he wants something more tough. But... I thought he wanted Danny the Handsome. Okay, we could go with Danny the Handsome, but I don't want anybody getting jelly and whatnot. Oh, they're jelly already. Sure. So, Erin, you said you graduated with an arts degree from VCU? I did. Do you produce a lot of art at this point? I know Oni said you're working mail with her as a part-time job, but what are you doing for the rest of your time? Yeah, that's for, for the stable money and paying the bills, but... um. I do do illustration, um, sometimes more or less vaguely pagan. Um, I'm sure pagans would love it. It's currently a lot of bones and skulls, but I'm moving into doing some more, uh, I guess, uh, open to interpretation work. I did a series called Daily Deities where I took every day of the week and broke down the entomology of where their origin of their name came from, pings from, ooh. And, uh... We're educated. Yeah. <laughs> I went to college, um... <laughs> so I did, you know, like uh, a tear for Tuesday and Thor for Thursday, etc. Mm -hmm. um, I did a little, I guess, kind of child-friendly illustrations of those. Um, and so I have a website, uh, which is lostreach.com, like reaching for something, for something. Um, L-O-S-T. 
R E A C H. Barely the the normal plain Jane word way those words are used in everyday conversation. Okay. And from there, I have links to my Tumblr, Twitter, all social media. What yeah, have you? Here you go. You're a social media I'm, person. I'm hip to the game. Um, she's got the four one one. She does. Oh, and technically, if oh. you folks have not noticed, I in fact have a Twitter, which is something to do with pagan spirituality at Twitter or something. I think it. I follow you on there, and you posted that one tweet like a year ago. And right, I posted. No, I posted five tweets in the first week, and then I have never tweeted again. I promise I will try to use it to let you folks know another episode is about to drop or something like that. The Facebook group pages stink now, and I just don't want to maintain one. So I wanted somewhere to communicate with you folks. If you want to follow me on Twitter, search Pagan Spirituality today. You, it will come right up. Um, go ahead and tweet at me. Uh, please write emails in paganspiritualitytoday at gmail.com. The email has not changed. We, I say we, Oni and I love to read your emails. We're always so impressed with you guys. Please do me a favor and leave a rating or a review on iTunes. We need to get the show back onto the first page in the Pagan category. Oni, did you have something else before we go? Um, I was going to say that we'll add a link or something for Lost Reach on the, in the show in notes. The show uh, notes. And the show is still hosted at Podbean, podbean.com. You can listen there. There is a Podbean app now. I don't know how well it works, but you can download it for free. There is an iTunes, I'm sorry, Apple or Amazon version. If you go to podbean.com and get the app, or you could probably go to the Amazon store or whatever. The show should be playable through the app. Honestly, I don't investigate these things. I want to thank Aaron and Oni for joining me today on the show. Well, thanks for having me back on. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you. I mean, we had a good conversation. So again, email me at PaganSpiritualityToday at Gmail. Follow me on Twitter. Rate or review the show at iTunes. Or you can also make a comment at Podbean.com. Thanks everybody for listening. And with any hope and the God's luck, I will be back with you within 30 days. Peace and blessings. Mm-hmm.